Yo, this is Pastor Tito here welcoming you to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And today we're going to kick off a four part series that we're going to do this week called The Road to Easter. And today we're going to examine the road that Jesus took into the city of Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the week before he would be crucified. And we're going to examine the hearts of the people then, because if we welcome Jesus today the way they did that day, we are also are going to miss out on a lot. Now, by the way, the delay on my microphone wasn't taken away right away. So hang in there. It's going to be a little annoying at the beginning, but I promise you what needs to be said is important. So let's listen to what God has to say. No other king could vanquish the wars or silence the warrior's rage. No other king could break the dominion of darkness, the tyranny of evil, with a reign of grace and a kingdom of peace. No other king could give his life for the redemption of rebels, his wealth to welcome the outcasts. Jesus is that king, the king of glory, son of the living God. Not just another king, not just another prophet, not just another teacher. He was the one the world had been waiting for. The one to deliver us from captivity, the son of David and Abraham's chosen seed. He is the goal of the Mosaic law, Yahweh in the flesh. He is the one to establish God's reign and rule, to heal the sick, give sight to the blind, freedom to the prisoners, and proclaim good news to the poor. And before, and before he, he rose, rose from, from the, the dead, dead, that actually you and I are prone 
to, to make, make the, the same, same mistake that some, that some people, people did, did back, back then. then. And, and so, so we're, we're doing, doing a series just for this week called The Road to Easter. Easter. And, and, and we, we are starting, starting today, today, obviously. We have, we have two special digital, digital services this week. week. One, one on Wednesday night at 7.30, one on... Friday, Friday, also, also at 7.30. 7.30. So, so if you're, you're not sure where our uh, YouTube channel is or Facebook, you can go ahead and... I sound, I sound like, like a YouTuber, YouTuber now. Like, like and subscribe. subscribe. Right, right. But, but all that, make, make sure you do it. it. Make sure you do it. And so, so it is going to be there. Just look, look up TGC Familia. All together, you should look us up. Or you can go to tabernacle.god.church backslash Easter. And there, there's the link. You can find both of those that way. And then we're going to wrap it up, obviously, Easter. But we are doing the road to Easter as we're doing four different or examining four different, different roads, roads that, that Jesus, Jesus took in route, route to the cross, cross that, that each one shows us and reveals not only his purpose and who he is, but why that matters to us in our life today. today. And the and first, first one we're going to look at is the one that Jesus, Jesus took, the road that he took from the Mount of Olives of Gethsemane, right out of the city, into Jerusalem. And that's, and that's when, when the people gave him the red, red carpet, carpet treatment. treatment. All right. All right. Now, now, you can, you can imagine, imagine this because we've, we've seen this. this. Have, you, have ever you ever seen a city welcome or a town welcome like a war hero that grew, grew up in that town and coming home? home. Right. right. They, they throw, throw a big party, party right? And then they, they do, do that. that. Obviously, Obviously, Tampa. Tampa. We've, we've had, had a few celebratory parades over the last year between the lightning and between the, you know, everybody else going to say the rays almost. Right. The lightning and the bucks. Right. And we see those parades that we welcome home. A champion, a champion right, right? For, for what, what they, they have accomplished, and the whole city is in uproar. The whole city celebrates. Well, well that's, that's what was happening on Palm, Palm Sunday, Sunday in Jerusalem as they were, were preemptively celebrating victory that they thought Jesus was going to bring. bring. And so and they so gave him the red carpet, carpet treatment, but not a red carpet. carpet. They didn't throw that. They actually did different things. This is why we call it Palm Sunday because the people threw not only their cloaks on the ground. But, but also, also their, their palm, palm branches, branches on, the on the ground. ground. Now, that's, that's kind of weird, weird for us. us. I, mean, I mean, maybe, I don't know, I don't how, know how you guys, guys grew up, up, but have you have ever heard or seen that, that thing of, you know, it's the, the chivalry thing to do, right? right? As, as a man, man right? You take your jacket, jacket and, put and put it on a puddle for the woman to stand on. Aren't her feet going to get wet anyways? Right? I mean, I don't know, whatever. I'm just going to be real. And are you going to want to pick that jacket back up? All right? Are you going to wear it? I'm just going to leave it there, right? Because I'm going to hold on a soggy jacket. Babe, we'll just walk around the puddle, right? That's it. I'll carry you, right? Whatever piggyback. Whatever it is, right? But anyways, that's not, they didn't do it as a sign of chivalry. Because back then in ancient times when they would throw those folks on the ground, it was actually a symbol of submission. Because when a king would ride into a city, in fact, in fact, Alexander, Alexander the, Great the Great was one who did this all the time. time. He, he, a, a king would ride into the city on a horse. horse. And, and that, that was, was a sign of war. war. That, was that was a sign of a threat. threat. As, the As the king would ride in, they're saying, um, submit, submit or, or get ready, get ready to, fight. to fight. That's what would happen. happen. And, and so, so when, when the people would lay down cloaks, that was their symbol. Like, all right, white flag. We surrender. We surrender. That's what the people were doing. As Jesus is entering in, because there was such a buzz about who he was. Like, like what we, we read, read earlier today, so, or you, you saw, saw in that, that video. video. Maybe, Maybe for, for some, some of you, you know, if you've, you've never, never grown, grown up with the Bible, Bible you've, you've never heard of those different elements. elements. But we, we wanted to play that video so you guys can see that the, the people, people, all, the people, the people of, of Jerusalem, Jerusalem back, back then were expecting a 
and, and hoping, hoping for this promised, promised Messiah that God through the prophets had been saying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And Jesus was going to be the fulfillment, and they believed it. And I'm like, oh, this is God. I can't believe we are alive to see this amazing moment that we get that privilege. Oh, my gosh. And so the energy that the gospel say. I mean, I the, mean the city, city shook, shook, that there was, that there was so, so much, much energy. energy. Now, now I know maybe it's been a while, while that you haven't been in a large, large crowd, crowd because of, of well, you, you know, know, right? right? Let's, Let's just be real. real. But, but who, who remembers being in a, a, who remembers large, large crowds, crowds over the 30s? 30, right? right? I don't know. But, but who, who remembers being in a large crowd, like in a concert or a sporting event or something, man? It was just such energy that you felt it, right? Have you ever felt one of those? Man, the, the coolest one for me was I was at a playoff game, of course, for the Miami Dolphins. And I'm watching, and they lost, whatever. But, and so the, I was there, and I, I was, wasn't paying attention to the fact that the kicker and everybody was getting ready to, you know, start the game. And I'm just talking to my cousin. Right? And as I'm talking, we're just talking. I'm conversating, conversating. And I don't realize that the kicker is about to run up to the thing, and the whole stadium went from a dull hum to a large roar, if you ever seen that. It went like, oh, right when he kicked it. I didn't notice. All I knew was I'm talking to my cousin, and then I felt this energy that was like, wait, wait, what am I doing? Why am I standing? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It was just the energy was so crazy that I stood up, and I didn't even decide to stand up. The energy was just so Mm, right? That's what was happening because they were like, oh my gosh, this is the guy. This is the Messiah. It's him. And so they laid down their cloaks and they laid down palm branches. Now, palm branches for the Israelites was like a national symbol. So it was like, you know, them waving their flag, but also palm branches represented victory. So they were saying a lot with this action. They were saying, we submit to you. We receive you as our king. And we believe that victory is in your name. That's what they were doing. So as the entire city was celebrating, Jesus is riding on that donkey. And my guy is crying. He's crying. Now, he's not crying tears of joy. Maybe like, you know, we've, we've had those. We know what that's like. When you just get so overwhelmed, you you know, but it's like happy tears. Jesus is crying while everyone is celebrating. And let's see why. We're going to read right now Luke 19, verse 41 and 44. As Luke, as the God, as the Luke, okay, I was going to say, Dr. Luke, the author of this, he investigated and interviewed eyewitnesses who were there that day. And the apostles and some who were there, I, I guarantee you, they must have been so confused as they're seeing why is Jesus look so sad? I mean, this is it. This is the moment. Everyone thought Jesus is going to come in and conquer Rome. That's what they thought he was going to do. Even the apostles themselves thought that's what was going to go down. And he's crying. Let's see why. Luke 19, 41. 44, here we go. As he being Jesus approached and he saw the city of Jerusalem he wept for it three times that we know Jesus cried and it was written down he wept for it he says if you knew this day what would bring peace if you knew the kind of peace I wanted to bring today if you understood what was happening what was going down you would be acting so differently. But he says, if you knew this day, what would bring peace? But it is now hidden from you. But you are blind. You can't see. You don't want to see. You don't want to understand. For the day will come on you when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you, 
and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children among you to the, crowd, to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in your midst because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. He is saying this with tears, and the whole city is, woo! What an interesting comparison. Like, what is the deal? Why? Now, guys, look, here's why Jesus was crying. Because the people that were there in that moment were doing something that you and I have done and are prone to do. He was weeping. His heart was breaking because the people's expectations were misguided. Their expectation of who Jesus was, their expectation of what he was going to do was misguided. It wasn't. They were, here's the thing, they were willing to lay down their cloaks and their palm branches but they were unable to lay down their biases that was keeping them blind. Here's what was happening, guys. The people wanted Jesus and were expecting Jesus to do one thing and one thing alone. Kick Caesar's butt. That was it. They thought Jesus was going to come in and rally the troops, overthrow Rome and, you know, their oppressors and, and uproot every single messed up system that was oppressing them so that they can be free. That's what they thought he was going to do. That's what they thought he was going to do. That's why they were welcoming him as that king. But the thing is that Jesus, over and over again, even in this moment, everything he did was to help them understand who he was and what he was trying to do. Their, they, their expectations were misguided, but it wasn't Jesus' fault. He did everything possible to tell them. Never once did he preach the country. He always preached a kingdom. Always. He never preached that. He always would say, repent, even to the Jews and to the people, repent. He never called out those things. Different. I mean, it was bigger than that. It was bigger than that. And even the fact that he was riding on a donkey matters, guys. I mean, you would think, all right, it's an interesting choice. All right, did he have to Uber that or whatever? I don't know. I mean, but the thing was this. Uh, when, you, when a king rides in a, on a horse, that was a sign of war. But if a, a donkey... That was actually a sign of peace. Like he's literally showing them, I'm not here to fight that fight. Notice he said oh, at the very beginning, if you knew the day that would bring peace. Like I am here to bring peace, but not the kind of peace you want. Your expectations were misguided. And, and the reason why, guys, look, you and I do that too. Our expectations of God sometimes can be a little twisted. Because we have certain biases and we pray God Answer this prayer, but let's be real. What you want is for him to stamp and approve the answer you want to hear. Right? And so say, God, I'm, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to do whatever you want me to do as long as it's something I want to do. Right? God, what's your purpose for my life as long as it's the one that I've had since I was a kid? Right? Like that, those things. Like those are the blind things. And when we ask God, Lord, answer me, but we want a specific answer. We, we put these blinders up and then God is doing something over here, but then we're not seeing it because we don't want to see it. We want to see what we want to see. We want God to do what we want to do, like if he works for us. And so when we do that, God can be doing things all around you and you're just, I don't see him. I guess he's not real. All right. I, I just don't see God anywhere. So I guess he's not real when the problem is that you don't want to. 
You want something. You want this. You want what this is. And let's say he's over here and he wants something better. Guys, our problem was the same problem that they had is that we are too easily satisfied. Like C.S. Lewis would say, we're too easily pleased. We are too easily pleased. The people would have been ecstatic if Jesus said, guys, do you just want me to go and just give you your freedoms and liberties and stuff? You just want to be a nation again and be, yeah, that's exactly what we want. If Jesus would have did that, they would have been happy. But see, Jesus was coming into that city not to overthrow Caesar. He was coming to overthrow the devil. He didn't come to overthrow Roman oppression. He went in to overthrow the oppression of sin and death. What he wanted to do was better. It was better and greater. And it had the rippling effects that could impact that. But we wanted to do was greater. But they were happy with the little, eh, could you just do that? That's like us. Guys, we do this all the time. God offers us so much. He's offering you right now so much. Yet we are too easily satisfied. It's like if I tell you right now, guys, look, I got plane tickets ready to go, your name on it. Don't worry about your bills for the next month, okay? You and I, we're going to go travel the world for the next month. How about that? How about it? Full expenses paid, all of it. We're going to chill for the next month, just traveling the world. and like, Nah, it's okay. I'll just take, I'll just take a walk around my neighborhood, just kind of get to know, you know, my little, my little situation a little better, but I'm good. Thank you. It's kind of what we do. That's like saying you're starving and I find out, oh, I haven't eaten all day. Really? Tell you what, bro, lunch on me. What do you want? Pick the restaurant, whatever you want. You can order the whole menu. All right. But I got you. I'm my mama. I'm going to pay for all of it. Let's go. I got you. Let's do it. You hungry? I'll pay for everything. Wherever you want to go, I'll take you. Nah, you know what? I got, a, you know, I, I got some croutons, you know, left over. You know, I, I, I'll be good. I, you know, I, I'll be good. No thanks. It's, it's all right. It's okay. I know that's funny but, and silly. But guys, we do that to God all the time. He offers us so much more. And we're like, nah, I'm just good with this. I'll settle for that. Why? It's not because, it's not because of that. It's because, guys, oh, you need to understand something about us. Is that honestly our, including myself, I'm going to be real, our minds are too small and our hearts are too easily satisfied. That's the thing. What God wanted to do was so better, but he's like, you guys don't see it. You don't see it. And their misconception was going to lead to their misfortune. By the way, everything that Jesus declared what was going to happen to that very city. He's here to save us. He's here to do this. Yeah, he was here to save you from sin and death and from yourself. He was here to save us from, and even save the Jews from this religious system that God had given them to point to Jesus, yet they settled. They settled for the system rather than the Savior. And they put their faith in their actions and in their culture, not in their creator. That's what was happening. And so Jesus is saying, because your heart was in the wrong place, this is all going to go. And it wasn't him. It's like, this is, you are putting yourself in this position. Your misunderstanding is going to lead to your misfortune. And it happened. 40 years, almost to the day, 40 years later, Rome sacks Jerusalem and committed a ridiculous holocaust. Hundreds of thousands of Jews slaughtered ruthlessly. And every stone was ripped from one on top of the other, except for the wailing wall that we see here today that's still in Jerusalem. Everything else was leveled to the point that it looked like no one had ever lived there. It happened. Just like Jesus said it was going to happen. It happened. And the thing is, guys, that happens to us. 
when we misplace our faith, when we put it in the wrong things, it always fails us. It's never enough. It's not big enough. It's not good enough. It does not satisfy our hearts, our lives when we put these things in other kings because Jesus is the king that gives us freedom, that gives us true life. But every other king promises us life, but then robs us of life and enslaves us. That's what happens. That's what we do all the time. Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the thief, and he's talking about the devil, he's talking about demons, they come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came so that you can have life. I came so that you can have life. But see, the devil don't come to you and says, oh, by the way, choose my side so I can kill you. You're like, he, he doesn't start like that. No, Jesus is saying, I got life. And he's saying, yo, me too. But yo, mine's better and it's cheaper. Yo, that's what it is. Listen, that's a scam. Sin is a scam. I know I'm not the only one. Whoever bought something because it looked good on a picture, it looked good on the internet, right? It looked good because somebody, and you got it and you experienced it. You watched that movie. Oh, this is going to be awesome, right? They hyped it up. Only to be, mm, no, look, I, I did that. Look, I, I've been wanting, me and my wife, we've been wanting this uh, stargazing chair. It's kind of like this foldable thing that is kind of like, you know, you guys have some of these folding chairs, right? But it was kind of like a rocking chair, folding chair, and it looked pretty cool. And uh, I was like, yo, I like that. Let's, uh, let's get that. We sit in our backyard all the time. And so, and then I looked, $250 for that chair. Look, I'll wait two, three years. It's going to go down, right? Because this is like the new thing. It's all hot, whatever. I'll wait a little bit. And I get a notification because Facebook and everything is ridiculous, right? You say one thing, boop, coupon, right? Wait, what's going on here? They're listening, right? Whatever. I hate that. It's so weird. It's so weird. And so we mentioned stargazing chair. We looked at one thing, and now we got ad after ad after ad after ad. Start talking about stargazing chairs. And then I came across one, $75. I'm like, oh, here it is. Oh, we can get two. We can get two for what wouldn't even cost us to get one. I looked at it. Pictures looked exactly the same. Boom. Whoop. Bought it. Took three months to get to my house, number one. Okay. Number two, it looks exactly the way it should, but it is not made from the same materials. Okay. This stargazing chair that I saw on YouTube, that was holding a 220 pound man. Okay. I saw it. And the one that I got in the mail can barely hold my 50 pound kid. Okay. I sat in it. I trusted that thing went whomp. Okay. We just bowed. I mean, oh, what is this? And then obviously I tried to get my money back. I got scammed. Okay. So whatever. I lost $150. Moral of the story, don't buy anything on the internet at 2 a.m., okay? Just don't. To learn from my mistake. Please don't do that. But that's what the devil does. That's what sin is. He says, hey, I, Jesus is here. It's like, I got life. And then here the devil is, oh, I got life too. <gasps> it's cheaper. You don't have to follow all those rules uh, that Jesus wants. You don't have to do all those things, right? Nah, man, it's better. You can be your own king. You got to worry about Jesus. You can live your own life, be your own man, be your own boss. I got it right here for you. And it's cheaper, it's easier, and it's better. And then you get it only to realize it was a scam. And your joy and every, your soul, everything, time, was stolen, destroyed. And the point of it all is to kill you. That's what we do. Jesus' heart is breaking because he sees this is things that we do. When we say, God, I only want a version of you. 
I want one side of you, and I want this God that is all about giving me what I want to have. And it is never enough. And it breaks his heart. That's why he shed those tears. That's why he was crying that day. But there was something so amazing at this moment, guys. Listen, their faithlessness, because they had a small faith and it was misplaced. Their faithlessness did not cancel Jesus' faithfulness. Here he is crying, knowing I've accepted a mission, and part of that means I need to be rejected. And you know what Jesus did? He didn't stop on that road. He kept going. He's like, they don't understand what I'm trying to do. They don't appreciate what I'm trying to do. In fact, if they knew what I was trying to do, they would think I was crazy, and they would kill me right here and there. I'm like, oh, no, this is not the, this ain't the guy. But he kept going. He kept going. And the same thing, I want you guys to know just literally within five days. Here we are, God, five days later, the Son of God would lay down his life for the people who were laying down their cloaks before him. As they were lifting up palm branches in victory, little did they know that Jesus would be lifted up on a tree to secure true victory through his sacrifice for us. He did it. They didn't understand. They didn't get it. They, nope, but he did it anyways. Who is grateful that God would sometimes move in your life even if you don't understand it against our own even ignorance? He still does it because he is good. He is good. And I want you to know that Jesus simultaneously failed to meet their expectations while simultaneously exceeding them far and beyond. That is what he did. He didn't, he failed their expectations yet exceeded them. And that is something, guys, that we need to understand about our God. Because look, here we are. We're the same people that day. You can be the same people that day. We sang our songs. They were singing their songs. Hosanna, Hosanna, which is a Hebrew word that means save us now. Save us now. That's what that meant. God, do this for us. And here, oh, he was gonna, but not the way they wanted. Not the way they wanted. They sang their songs, and they laid down their offerings and says, give us what we want. Guys, we can be, some of you guys might be here today doing the same thing. You sang your songs. Maybe you gave your offering. I'm like, all right, God, it's your turn. Pony up. I want my prayer answered now. I, I gave you what you want, right? You want the song, song. You want this. You want that. You want, all right, I gave it to, I gave it to you. Now, uh, I scratch your back. You scratch mine. That's how it is, right? We do the same thing. But guys, and I, and I know God's heart still breaks because there are, he is moving throughout this world still. And people are missing out on who he is because they only want a version. They only want half. They only want a part of him. Not the whole thing. But it's really the whole thing that you really deep down want. You just don't know it. It's the one that you are looking for and need the most. Yeah, you think it's going to be found in this or found in that. And you can miss out on the very thing that is staring you right in the face. And God doesn't want you and I don't want you to miss this. And the fact that, guys, I, and I love even that image that here he is crying, right? He is, his heart is breaking for his people. And that gives us an amazing image. Because, see, a weeping Savior is not intimidating, a weeping Savior is not intimidating. That's why I love when Spurgeon says, weeping sinner, do not fear approaching your weeping Savior. 
He loves you. He loves. He loves you. He loves you. And he's done everything possible for us to approach him. And even that shows his heart. That is, that even the emotion that he's experiencing shows that this is a savior we do not have to fear. And he went all the way from shedding his tears one day to five days later shedding his blood on the cross so that you and I by faith can shed our cloak of sin and shed our cloak of shame and shed our cloak of death that weighs us down because of what he shed on the cross. We can lay that down at his feet and he can walk over it in victory and we can walk right alongside of him. There is nothing, nothing and no life that is so dirty and wasted that you can't just lay at his feet. And what do you get in return? Peace. Guys, that is something, tell me right now, that is something that our culture is now begging for. Over and over again, right? We just want peace, right? You go online, everyone's fighting, man. Oh, can we just, peace, man. You know, between the, the fighting and, and, and the way that we treat one another and this and that, we just want, can we just have peace? But the reason why we can't find peace is because we are looking to the wrong kings. We are looking to the wrong kings. There is only one king that can bring peace. One king that can bring peace in our life. And shake. Can we, oh my gosh, may we not settle. May we not settle for peace between each other. That is not the peace that he ultimately brings. The peace that Jesus brings is the ultimate peace between us and him. And that peace is the one that can then trickle through. That is the peace that is meant to then go forth and, and be that light in the darkness. That is the peace between us and him, and he did everything possible. But are we willing to accept him or just what he can do for us? Because that's what they did. You guys know that the, the crowd that was there to welcome Jesus, the crowd that was there to welcome him, was not there seven days later at the tomb with another party, I'm like, yo, this is it. This is it. He's going to do it. Let's go, right? Oh, like, hey, where's this? What, what time you got? Oh, it's almost sun. Oh, here we go. Ready? Hey, I think I see the move. You know, I think I see the stone rolling. Let's count down, right? Ten, nine, eight. No one was there. No one was there to welcome Jesus out of the grave with the keys of sin and death in his hand. No one was. Because they're, mis they're misunderstanding their expectations were false. They, when Jesus died, so did their hope. Even the apostles themselves saying, what, how did we get this wrong? We thought this was the guy because even they had a small image or thought of what he was going to do. How did we get this wrong? I thought he was the one. Those three days that Jesus sat in a tomb, his body dead, so was their faith and so was their hope. Not one was at the tomb waiting. But that didn't stop Jesus from showing up anyways. That didn't stop Jesus from doing what he said he would do. Because that's his great love for us. He never fails us. And he has gone far above and beyond anything that we could ever ask or think. But that's the problem. We don't know how to ask or think all the time. And that's why we, guys, we need a new desires. And he is willing and able to do that very thing. The things that you and I chase after, give ourselves to. Listen, you and I, I know maybe you don't take your cloak off and stuff, literally. But do you know that you are every day, we're laying down our life and submitting it to things. We submit it to 
one thing. We submit it to fear. We submit it to our anger. We, we submit it to whatever that we think is going to give us life and whatever we think is going to give us peace. We submit ourselves constantly. But we are the ones that are trampled over. We get trampled over. But Jesus came and did it anyways so that we, so that we can see who he really is. So I'm going to ask you, are you going to be are you going to be like that crowd? You only showed up because you want Jesus to give you one thing. You want Jesus to, you know, be this for you. And he says, I want to be more and I want it. And the more is better. And the more is really what you want. The more is really what you need. You just don't know that yet. But if you start here, see, Jesus is willing to meet you on your turf, but not on your terms. He is willing to meet you where you are. And that is the starting point to say, all right. Now let's get going. Now let's get started. You wanted life. You wanted this. You wanted that. I got it. Let me show you where to go. And it is all in him. So are we going to be like these people? And I'm going to talk to even, you know, Christians, non-Christians. I'm going to talk to all of you right now. Are we going to be like these people that are quick to worship Jesus as long as he gives us what we want? Are we going to be quick to worship Jesus as long as he gives us what we want? Or are we going to follow him? Because we know he is worthy. Because he has done what we needed. And that is really what we deep down want. That is really what we deep down want. And that is all found in him. He alone is worthy. And that same, that same king who shed a tear is the only one qualified to one day wipe away every tear from our eyes as sin and death and all things are put away forever and all things made new. Jesus is the only one that can do that. And I know everything else is offering that to you. The world is saying you can have peace in your identity. Here's an identity where you can find peace. Just absorb that. This is who you are. Maybe it's a political identity. Maybe it's a cultural identity, your color identity. Maybe it's in all the other identities you can fill in, your sexual identity, your gender identity. And the world is saying, oh, if you just embrace who you really are, you'll be free. If you embrace who you deep down are without shame and guilt, you can have life and you can begin to live, but that is too much pressure and you know it. That is too much pressure. It's, in, it's, it's never enough for others. And those who have done and those who do those things can realize and come to know, why am I not happy? I've done this. I've done that. And it just still is not enough. Why? Because you were made for more. You were made for more than that. You were made for more than that. The world is offering you, and it's a scam, I'm telling you, because a lot of these things are good in and of themselves. They are good, but it's not a good replacement for him, for our great and good God. It's not. It's not. All these things will say, oh, just embrace the real you, and you'll be free of guilt and shame, and you can live. No, embrace the real Christ and you will experience a form of freedom and peace as he removes all shame from your life. Embrace who he is, and you will discover who you are in him. That is what Jesus came to do. That is what Jesus offers us. But are we willing just to worship him and get what we want? No, we worship him because he is, he is all that we need, and he is worthy. 
Everything else only promises us these things, but only Jesus can back it up. Only Jesus can back it up. And so listen, they thought the, this was the Messiah we've been waiting for. Oh, I guess it wasn't. No, it was. And I'm telling you that the Savior that you're looking for, the Savior that you think is going to be that next relationship or that next career job or this next move or this thing or this accomplishment, none of it is going to be enough. The Savior that you've been waiting for already showed up and he's still here. And he doesn't want you to miss out on him as well. Because then when Jesus returns again, this same fate will happen to us as the whole world will come crumbling down with you along in it. And Jesus does not want that for you. He wants you to find life and begin to not just go existing. He wants you to have life. And he gave his life so that you can find it. So what are you waiting for? Because Jesus is the God that you've been waiting for. He is the one you've been waiting for. There is none other like him. That's, but we must be able to recognize this and receive this and then say, I'll follow you. Because all who follow Christ find life. And so I want to lead you right now in a prayer because there are some cloaks that we need to lay down at the foot of the cross, at the foot of our king this morning because he's riding through your town he is riding through our city he's riding through online wherever you are he is all throughout the world saying will anyone recognize and see that i i can give you that peace that you so desperately need i want to bow let's bow our heads and pray heavenly father i thank you so much for sending your son jesus to be the replacement for us god i am so grateful I am so grateful. No wonder you even said even more on the cross, Jesus, when you were saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. God, I know that has been us. We have done so many things, and, and we did not even realize what we're doing. There's so many of us right now that we are giving our lives to these false kings, and we're being crushed under their weight, and, and we don't know what we're doing. We, we didn't mean that. That's not what we wanted. That wasn't our intentions. But Lord, you rode in that city. Nothing stopped you because you knew I am here to accomplish and give to a people something that they cannot find alone. God, we can't even create our own identities. It is too much pressure. It is too hard and difficult. If we can't even create our own identities well, how can we save ourselves, which we can't? But, yo, Jesus, you did the very things, and you laid down your life so, Lord, we can lay down the lies that this world hands us and the ones that we have. And, Holy Spirit, I pray that you may help us to do that right now. As we're all praying, I want you to consider and think. God is probably going to put some things in your heart, in your life right now. I'm praying that, that he'll show you those things. I mean, it, those things can be people. What are you submitting your life to? I'm talking to everybody, Christians, non-Christians, if you've never given your life to Jesus. What are you giving your life to? What is your king? What are you submitting your money to that you just can't, you give it so that you can get joy and peace and satisfaction? What are you giving your time to, to escape this world, to cope, but in reality, nothing is getting any better? What substance are you abusing? What people, what relationships are you dominating? You have given time 
to careers and money, which are good in, in and of themselves, but notice they haven't fulfilled you. Or you have embraced a false identity that is promising you the world and yet you are upset because something is missing. This isn't enough. I pray that you may lay that down. Whatever God is bringing to your heart and your minds right now, I pray that you may lay it at the foot of your king right now because there is victory. He wants to, he wants to give you peace in your heart, in your mind, peace between you and God. But lay this down. Accept him as Lord and Savior right now. If you are a believer in Christ, what else what other form of the old self do you need to lay down? Lay your cloak of your old self down before your king and embrace the new that he has given you. Embrace the new that he has given you. God, I pray and I thank you, Lord, that you are still, despite how many horrible trades that we've done, God, that you are still there offering us peace, true peace in our soul between us and you. And that's the kind of peace that's the kind of peace that can change the world, but it needs to change us first. And God, I pray in Jesus' name as we lay those down. Guys, I lay down what are your excuses, misconceptions. There is some wounds in your life that are not coming to mind. There's some things that are coming to mind. Lay that down at the foot of the cross. Lay down your wounds. Lay down your hurts. Lay it all down because he is worthy. He has secured that victory. Lay it all down. And I pray in now in the name of Jesus that he may give you that the spirit of the living God may give you that peace to know that he is still here. That there is nothing greater than him. That there is nothing greater and regardless how many times you have given yourself to something. You have given yourself to someone. He is here. I gave all of myself for you. Lord and we give now. We surrender it all. If that's you just just give it. Praise God. Thank him. Receive that peace in your life right now. And I'm telling you, if you have never, I know, listen, I've been there because for years, for years, I grew up in church and, and I knew all the answers, but I still, it, what the information that was in my head didn't hit my heart. And I tried and saw, okay, well, and I gave myself to this and gave myself to that, realizing it wasn't enough. And then I realized God is real. And oh my gosh, what have I done? What have I done? And I felt unworthy and I felt frustrated and I know what that's like, but there was nothing like the peace that overwhelmed me when I said, Jesus, I'm done with this. Are you done with me? And when he accepted me, nothing was ever the same and all you have to do is that very thing right now and I pray in Jesus name that the Holy Spirit may lead you and give you faith to call on him and if you want that peace in your life you want to know that you are accepted in love that your past no longer defines you but it is Jesus' past that now defines you for he was sinless and did nothing and because he died for, his, for our sins you don't have to receive the punishment of that sin anymore and because he rose from the dead you can have life and you will one day when you die death will not have the final say for Jesus will Jesus will and all you need to do is just call on him and if you don't know what to say just say God forgive me Jesus forgive me of my sins I accept your sacrifice for me forgive me of my sins fill me with your Holy Spirit and now help me follow you for all who follow Christ find 
life. And if you're saying that prayer right now online, say, I am saying yes to Jesus. If you're in this place right now, I want to pray for you just where, where I'm at here. Raise your hand and be able to say yes. I need to say yes to Jesus. If you need to lay down something, fear and worry, anxiety, lay it down right now and receive the peace of God because your king has conquered. There is none other like him and you are now not his subject. No, you are now a son and daughter of the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the devil has no longer dominion over you. His rule is done. His rule and claim over you is done. You are a part of a new kingdom. You have a new country. That is what you have in Christ. So Lord, I pray God, may we lay down every single identity and just embrace who we are in you and what you have secured for us. Lord God, I pray and I thank you. I thank you, God, that along the way that you're still gonna continue to show and reveal, God, and every time we see something, may we lay it down at your feet and once again say, Lord, because you are worthy. We lay it down and submit to you because there is none like you, because only there is only victory and peace and joy in you. We pray these things knowing, God, that your victory is secured and the devil has been defeated and death has is already dying. And our hope is in the one true God, Jesus Christ, and Him alone. And we believe and declare these things. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. And in Jesus' name, we have life and peace. If you believe, say amen. Amen. And now honor your King. Honor your King right now with your heart and say, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Look, the challenge for today. The challenge for today is this. Are you going to be a person who only worships Jesus in order to get what you want? Because in that way, he's not your God. He's not your king. You're just using him as your spiritual sugar daddy. All right. You're just looking at him as your spiritual vending machine where you give just to get. But listen, you miss out on so much if you approach God like that. Okay, that's not the point. You're missing the point if that's what you do. We don't come to God to do certain things just to get something back. No, we don't do it because we have to. We do because we want to because of what he has done and what he means to us. Knowing that there is nothing better than to lay our lives down for the one who laid his life down for us. Because there is nothing in this world that can satisfy. There's nothing in this world that can compare. Okay, that's the challenge. I pray that throughout this week, throughout these coming days, that God may examine our hearts and that we may learn to worship him because he is worthy, because he is really all that we need and all that we want. And that's what the revolutionaries that Jesus is looking for to make a difference in this world. Not people who just show up and do things in order to get. No, people who follow Christ because of what he has already given us, the life that we have in him. All right. So guys, I want to welcome you back in a couple of days as we begin part two of this series, A Road to Easter.